Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Make the Grade podcast. I am Steve Green, the success doctor. You know what this podcast is all about? Parents, children, students, giving you actions to help you to maximize your education. Today, get your notepad out, get your thinking hats on. I have Carly Myers in the studio here, sort of virtual studio anyway, a stress management expert. Stress management expert, and if if you don't need that at this point in time, you you good for you. Uh, but academics uh, often filled with stressful situations, high tests, high stakes testing, blah 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 blah. So, Carly, how are you? I'm doing fine, great. How are you? I am excited. I am excited to have you on with me. Uh, generally, everything is doing well. So let's let me let me tell everybody a little bit about you. You are an expert in helping high achieving CEOs, business owners, and managers who feel overwhelmed and exhausted to find peace and freedom they desire. You're the founder of something called the Stress Less Company. Helped hundreds of professionals around the world take action to reduce stress through educational and mentoring programs. She believes there's no one size fits all when it comes to stress management. And that is her thing. She is a diplomat at the American Institute of Stress. Mm, I didn't know there was such a thing. We'll have to talk about that. <laughs> and her uh, work recently is featured in media outlets like Parade Fox 29, Good Day America, Maui News. That's a good one. I got to get on that one. You can maybe give me some connections there. And Holy Magazine. And we're going to talk today. Uh, obviously, you've worked with some high level people, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I'd like to you know, talk about that and bring this around and see how some of these same techniques may be able to help parents to help their children. So let, let's uh, let's start at the very beginning. Uh, what what inspired you to get into this? What 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 was um, was there a, an epiphany? Was there something that happened slowly over time? But how did you get into this uh, the stress less company? Yeah. So it's funny when folks ask me this question, I always say you've just opened a can of worms. <laughs> no, we we got an hour here. <laughs> we got some time. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I, I actually, I'm not going to spend the whole hour telling my story, but, you know, I, I got into this line of work because of an experience that I had when I was a kid. Um, and, you know, long story short, my mom ended up dating a bad apple when I was in middle school and uh, she kind of realized it a few weeks in, so she broke it off. And uh you know, as we do when we go through breakups, when we're ready, we start dating again. And so my my mom started dating and she ended up meeting another guy and things were progressing. And a few weeks later, it turns out that that ex-boyfriend had not stopped paying attention. And so that ex-boyfriend ended up breaking into my childhood home, killing my mom's new boyfriend and trying to kill my mom. Wow. Yeah. That, that's a major... <laughs> traumatic experience at, at worst or best, you know? So, okay. Yeah. So that, I'm sure that had an impact on you as what, a 13 year old, 12 year old, 12 year old. Yep. Okay. Yep. And so, you know, my mom, you know, for context, she was shot point blank in the back of her head. So she was in medically induced coma for a while. She had to learn how to walk again, talk again, uh, hmm. swallow again. That was like the, the happiest day. Cause it meant she could leave the hospital cause she could eat on her own. And I mean, she was not supposed to survive, but she did. And if you saw her today, you would have absolutely no idea. All she has is a pair of reading glasses and a slight limp. That's it. But 
for me, my, my portion of that, my piece of that situation was that while my mom basically made a full recovery, I really struggled for a long time. You know, I struggled with the symptoms of PTSD, with night terrors, with overwhelm, with stress. I mean, you name it, I was probably struggling with it. And, you know, I, I ended up, you know, finally getting the courage to ask people for advice, you know, or to tell people, not even to ask for advice at first, just to tell people that I was having a hard time. You know, I would say things like, you know, hey, I'm kind of struggling right now, or I'm, I'm feeling a little stressed or a little overwhelmed. You know, those, those words that we hear all the time. And I would ask people for advice and it was like clockwork. I got the same responses every single time. You know, have you tried therapy? Have you tried meditation, yoga, changing your diet, exercise? I mean, basically ins insert mainstream approach here. Mm. And um, some of those things did not work at all. They did not work at all for me at the very least. Hmm. And some of them worked a little bit, but nothing at that point in my life was getting me over that hump to where I was experiencing, you know, joy and happiness and silliness and goofiness and, and all of those beautiful states of mind. And it took me as a result of kind of showing up and doing the things that didn't work for me. It took me, I ended up struggling for 10 years and, um, 10 years until I finally figured out the thing that worked for me. And, you know, I have to be honest for a few years, I was, I was quite cranky to say the <laughs> least to say, you know, why I was thinking, why isn't anybody talking about this? Why is it just these five or so mainstream approaches? Why aren't we talking about how there's no one size fits all when it comes to stress management? And then I had a, a realization you know, I was like, ah, oh, oh, crap. <laughs> it's me. I'm supposed to be the one that's talking about this. Hmm. Um, and I believe it's my purpose and, and it's the reason I'm here. And that's really why I ended up creating the Stress Less Company so that we can talk about it and we can get beyond, you know, those five or so mainstream approaches and create a unique plan for each individual so that they can step out of stress hmm. and into that beautiful state of mind, whatever it is for each and every one of us. So clearly your personal experience was, I, I don't know what scale, is there a scale like they measure stress with, but it had to be, if it's out of 10, you know, nine or 10, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a lot of people kind of more in that four to six range where some days it's not, it's okay. Some days it's overwhelmed. Some days it's in the middle, but let, let's do this. And, and we're not talking clinically. Neither of us are or psychologists or psychiatrists or medical people, but just for the sake of this discussion, let's define stress. Yeah. Uh, and, and how does it, how does it uh, appear? How does it present? Or, or what are some things maybe a parent could, or, or a person could self-diagnose? And, and I mean, it's obvious, you know, if, if you're in a car and you're driving and somebody hits you, you know, you'll feel that adrenaline sort of thing. <clears throat> but I don't think that's what you're talking about here. No. So let, let, let's, let's create a definition, at least from your viewpoint, and, and maybe tell some of the outward, at least, symptoms that people might be able to recognize. Yeah. So let's start with, with what stress is. So it's such, it's such a great question that you brought forward because, quite frankly, the therapists, the psychologists, the stress management experts, even in this industry and this field, they don't seem to agree on a singular definition. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. But 
you know, in doing my work, I found two definitions that really resonate with me and, and the work that I do. So I will start with my second favorite definition, then I'll move on to my first. So my second favorite definition is physical, mental, or emotional strain or tension. So, you know, you can think to yourself, you know, feeling tension in your shoulders and your back or somewhere in your body, you know, that can just be labeled stress. You can also think about many of us have had those moments where we're laying in bed at night and the wheels are going a million miles a minute where we're thinking about that email we need to send or that we didn't respond to or this thing that should have gone differently or all the crap we have to do tomorrow my cat being sick exactly right Hundreds and so our wheels are going of, right yep and that that's stress and so that's my second favorite now this is my first favorite and this is a condition or feeling experienced when we perceive that the demands exceed the resources we are able to mobilize. So a condition or so, feeling experience when, when we perceive that the demands exceed what we're able to mobilize. And at, at this point, it's really AKA, hmm. I can't handle this. I don't have what right. So you're, you're defining it as sort of an, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but an inability to cope at that moment, the inability to have the tools or whatever that means to cope with the present, whatever's going on in that present time. Yeah. And then it may not be actually the, the lack of tools, right? The tools or the might inability be there. to use them. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. We might not be able to see that they are there and we have access to them. And so, so, so if, if, let, me, let me see if I can give you an example, yeah. which I, which I get a lot in my caseload and maybe you can bring one in, you know, protecting people's confidentiality and all. So many times a, a week, a year, a day, whatever. I hear a kid, I'm, I'm, I'll work with them. Hey, I get it. I understand the material. I'm feeling good about it. I can do the problems. They go in to take a test. I, I just froze up. Yeah, I, I, where what happens is they're on a roll. There's 20 problems on the test, whatever, or 100, whatever, on an SAT, blah, blah. 40 in, they're doing great. All of a sudden, they hit a problem that's problematic mm -hmm. and it gets them off their game. And then the wheels start to spin the wrong way. Yeah. And they don't necessarily have, I think, what, well, maybe we can mutually define as the coping mechanisms or the action steps or whatever to offset that right then. And then once they get off of their uh, comfort zone, you know, then it kind of goes all, goes the wrong direction. So is, is the, okay. So one aspect is understanding where your limit is, right? What you can handle. Mm -hmm. True. And then the other one would be, how do you deal with <clears throat> when you kind of go into that yellow or red zone, you know, if we say like the green zone is you're, you're okay, yellow, you're kind of halfway there, but you're managing it. Then the red zone, if we want to call it that is, is the out of control. <laughs> yeah. You know, totally so, out of your comfort zone. Right, right, right. You know, so what, what, so let's talk about that. What, what would you tell somebody here or how would they recognize this? So on. Yeah. So just based on the example that you shared, it really makes me think about the different types of stress. Now I'm not going to go into, there's, there's quite a few different types of stress, but there's two specific types of stress that are really just part of this story that you shared this example. So we have distress, which is basically what we've been talking about since the beginning of the podcast. And then we also have this thing called eustress. Eustress stems from the word euphoria, right? It's like, good. Like stress. EU, EU mm -hmm. stress. Okay. Yep. EU stress. And distress, when we experience it, that's when we experience those symptoms of, and we, which we haven't even gone over yet, right? The symptoms of 
uh, anxiety, headaches, insomnia, you know, uh, irritability, and, and also cardiovascular disease, heart attack, strokes, the scary stuff. And the reason that many, many of those things happen, especially the physiological things, is because when we are experiencing distress, our blood vessels actually constrict. And so the blood has trouble moving through our body, can't move as quickly. The oxygen's having trouble getting to our brain, we have trouble focusing. And if we were to use, let's say, public speaking for an example, that's probably when we would get up on stage and forget everything we have to say. Now, in the testing example, that's when we sit down and we blank. Right. Right. So, so it's, so it's actually a physiological, neurological response. Yes. Okay. Now there is eustress and this is the type of stress that we really, when we are outside of our comfort zone, we want to try to live in because when we experience eustress, our blood vessels actually expand. So our body is not fighting itself to fuel itself, right? To rise to the occasion. So the oxygen is able to get to our brains. The blood is able to move through our bodies. We still may have the sweaty palms, the sweaty armpits, the, the jitters. We still may be nervous, but our body's not fighting us to rise to the occasion. And so this is when we're more likely to remember the answers or be able to you know, go on stage and remember everything we were going to say. Now, the key difference between distress and eustress, aside from one being bad, quote unquote bad, and the other one being good, is actually just our perception of the stressor. So if we go back to your example about testing and that singular question that is outside of the comfort zone, most, my guess is most folks are seeing that question and they're thinking, Oh no, oh, I don't have, I don't have what it takes. This, I, I, I didn't prepare well enough. I'm stupid, you know, whatever the narrative is. And they go into a poor, poor, pitiful me or and then it spirals down and then it spirals versus a eustress response. The shift in perception would be, wow, this is a question I didn't know about something to learn. This will help me get to the next thing or wow. Let's put a pot, let's, let's put a pin in that. Maybe there's something else in this test that will help me jog my memory, right? And we can think of it as a growth opportunity versus as a, this is sad. It's a lemonade out of lemons thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, It gotcha. can be. Now, typically, just for some context around eustress, typically it's been associated with uh, things like getting married or having kids or getting that promotion or getting that good grade or, you know, all of the good things that can be really stressful, mm -hmm. but we view as good. But the, the psychological hack here is to turn lemonade, lemons into lemonade, right? For sure. It's almost like uh, I had a student I was working with who was one of the lead-ish characters in a play, a school play. And they were very talented, beautiful voice, uh, you know, just naturally uh, good actor, actress, person. Um, but yeah... You know, there they call it butterflies, right? Mm -hmm. They'll break a leg. And the whole idea of breaking a leg is not that you really want to break your leg. It's because you're thinking about not breaking your leg. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't worry about the things that would be stressing you. But then, you know what the flip side of it is? Once you actually get into it and you get in the zone, you get in that state, then it's like a, a euphoria-ish. You know, it's like one of these uh, endorphin kind of feelings, which is, I, I think, kind of where you're going with this as well. You know, So the stress actually creates a positive um, mental, neurophysiological kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, so I guess it is, I don't want to oversimplify this, but is it as simple as 
trying to educate yourself and train yourself and have the tools to kind of convert what you've called the distress into the eustress. Yeah, it's simple in theory, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> that's why I said I didn't want to oversimplify it. <laughs> Very simple in right. theory, but the work that needs to be done. It's probably substantial. Substantial. Especially if we're thinking about, you know, perception here. This is really belief work. Do I believe, like, you know, some common examples are, you know, even in adults, I, I have lots of conversations with, with leaders, CEOs. I mean, these are key players and they're yeah, people that people wouldn't perceive as being unsuccessful people would not in a conventional perceive. western sort of way right exactly and yet some of them still have that limiting belief planted by mom or dad or by right. aunt or, or uncle or by or some anybody speaker, right, right. adult figure that mm -hmm. says i'm not good enough i'm not smart enough and that limiting belief is keeping them in distress and not only is it keeping them keeping them in distress it's keeping them from taking their whole career nothing is ever good enough to the right. next level. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so we, the, the difficult work or the, the deep work, mm -hmm. difficult and deep, but the most powerful work is to say, okay, what is that limiting belief? And what are the, you know, I have a, a system that I actually have my clients go through to rewire that so that it's not the automatic belief when we get to question number 32. The automatic belief when we get to question number 32 is I've got this. I studied this. I know this. I'll just come back to it. So treating the disease as opposed to the symptom, the root, root cause. Wow. Yeah. Hey, Steve Green here, the Make the Grade podcast, here to give you actions to help you maximize your education. My guest, Carly Myers, stress management expert from the Stress Less Company. We are, we dove deep here. We, dove, we didn't go, we didn't dip our toe in here. We went right into the deep end here today. Let me, here's a couple questions that come to mind. One. If the cause of stress, distress, eustress, let's not differentiate here, is because of some singular or a series of traumatic events, like your personal story, mm -hmm. versus where you, you were cognizant of what caused it, right? I mean, obviously you were old enough, you weren't like a year and a half, whatever, um, versus something that's much, much more subconsciously rooted. Like maybe it's something that happened, you don't even remember, like a very Freudian sort yep. of approach here. You know, when you were three, you saw a dog, the dog scared you, now you're scared of the dog. You know, what, that's, you know, whatever. Is, is the approach, uh, the healing, curative work different? Or is it similar? Would it, would it matter? Does, in other words, I guess what I'm asking in a roundabout way is, does whatever the deep-rooted cause of, of the challenges are, does it matter what they are in terms of how you might um, I'm going to try to use this word, just generally treat this person. I don't mean medically, I mean, you know, in your therapeutic approach. Yeah. So I mean, again, I want to clarify that I am not a therapist. Right. However, I always have to have that caveat. Yes. Yes. There's always that caveat. Um, and that's the benefit of the work that I do because I have a different perspective, but you know, yes, everybody is, every single client that I work with is different. It doesn't hmm. matter if it's, you know, little T trauma or big T trauma or little T trigger, right? It, it, or some subconscious, like my childhood seemed okay. And now, right? it's, it's, it's none of that. It's really about the individual's experience, their unique life experience, their personality. It really, there's a lot of factors that go into it to help create that unique plan. Now, you know, I talked about those five or so mainstream approaches, therapy, yoga, meditation, changing your diet, exercising, all of those things can be great. And they may be 
in one person's plan, it might be see a therapist, work with Carly. Okay. Do this limiting belief work, work on that. You know, there's every plan is so unique. Some people don't need a therapist, right? Um, but it's, it really depends on the individual's personality. Again, their, their background, what mm. they're, what they've gone through, their growth mindset, you know, static, you know, all of that. Um, where does it begin? Is there an uh, assessment? Is there a, uh, some exercise or protocol that you would do to do some sort of determination of the causes? So if I came to you and said, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. I can't handle it. Where, what would be the launch point of, of, of the goal to work around that? So, you know, every single client that works with me starts with a stress assessment. And that is, you know, that's complimentary. That's on the house to see, you know, okay, where, where are you at in regards to stress management? Where do you want to go? What's holding you back? And it's really a sacred container where I listen deeply. And then Mm -hmm. together we figure out why you haven't gotten to that place of peace or freedom or whatever you're looking for. And that's just to get to know each other and to learn more about the, you know, this, it's an assessment. And then from there, you know, should we decide it, you know what, yes, it's time to move forward or no, you're coping quite well with stress. Um, We, if they are, if they feel like they could use some more support and we're both in agreement about that, then we go into my seven step methodology. Unique methodology is not used anywhere else. And it, what this methodology does is it supports people in finding what uniquely works for them in terms of managing their stress. Now it is a big seven steps. Don't be fooled. <laughs> There's lots of nuances. But it's not like, like seven days. It's yeah, <laughs> one a day like for a week. Days. Yeah. You're not moving through these uh, in seven days. All of my programs are at least a year to give you some context, okay. but that's really where we would start. We would start with a stress assessment and then should we work together, we really move through this methodology. Uh, short term, is there something generally people are listening to this could, could ask this question? What can I do right now? Or what should I do right now to reduce my stress? Is, yeah. there, is there some breathing exercise? I, I, I know you're not poo-pooing them, but I think what you're doing is you want people to go on beyond yep. them, right? Yep. But is there something basic, uh, self-manageable, perhaps, that you could advise that people could try at least just on a surface level? Yes. You know, one of the things, the thing, so for context, when I told you I found the thing that worked for me after 10 years, mm-hmm. I'm going to share exactly what that is. Okay. And that thing to reduce stress was, was called creative stress reduction. So creative stress reduction for me looked like drawing. It looked like art for you, Steven, or the listener, your listeners, everyone who's tuning in right now, it may be something very different, but creative stress reduction, just to define it for you is any activity that gets us out of fight, flight, or freeze mode and into a state of play or flow, AKA rest and digest. Calms you down. Yeah. Yes. And so Creative stress reduction is a great way once you've been triggered by a stressor to pull yourself back in. 
back down to a. Yeah, I, for, I can tell you from me, that's playing music. I, I can play the guitar, I can play the piano, and I find uh, there's an almost meditative ish, and well, probably meditative is a good word, uh, kind of space you get into, yeah. not the second in, but you know, I think it's part of the nature of art. You know, art stimulates a different part of your brain, which may be what's going on. Wow. So you just happened upon this? With, I mean, I, I imagine it wasn't the first thing you tried. It was 10 Absolutely years later. Not. You probably had gone through this, 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 that, and all of a sudden. So was it like one day you sat down and um, were drawing and maybe the drawing allowed you to express something or was something active, right? Creative would imply active. Mm -hmm. um, you And it uh, something just clicked. You had some sort of epiphany and it's like, okay, this is helping me. Yeah, you know, for me, it was it was not an epiphany moment. It was an overtime thing. I did feel the pull. So for me, I started drawing out drawing out my night terror, sketching out my my anxiety, my stress in an abstract way. So doing realistic drawings of my night terrors, I was doing abstract drawings of my uh, emotions, and I realized there was this pull towards it, this pull, and I would start to feel a relief once it kind of it was almost like. This, this may be a weird way to describe it, but it was almost like an exorcism of energy, right? This like icky, yucky, stressful. It's like an intuitive, intuitively it just felt right. It felt right, yes. Mm -hmm. And so wow. I, I realized that, but what I didn't realize is that this was going to help with my PTSD symptoms. It was going to help with the way I functioned throughout the day, the next day. And so what I realized, what, what was slowly happening is that my night terror started to go away over time. I started to feel more calm. My, my baseline was no longer stress. It was calm. Now, I want to be really clear about creative stress reduction because this is the thing that can really trip people up is that it doesn't have to be in the field of the arts. So it can be, you know, playing with your dog, going on a walk, formatting an Excel spreadsheet, if that's what you're into. Like but it, it can be. It's basically, uh, it's basically a pattern interrupt. Mm -hmm. sense, right you're you're going this way and you need to go that way yep you need something to break whatever state or whatever word you want to use you're in and say whoa 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 let's let's interrupt this yeah interesting wow so are these things um well i, I don't want to date you or age you but uh have you found over time i, I assume you continue to do these things at least on some level yes have you found it gets um more powerful, if that's the right word, more effective as you do it more and more, it builds and builds and builds on itself in a, in a sort of a accumulating way, or it, do you do it just when you feel the need? Is it a daily kind of thing? How, how, how do you, this manifest for you at this point? So for me at this point, I use creative stress reduction if I find myself in a triggered state. state. Okay, so My, it's kind of a as needed. As needed, yes. Okay. My main focus is the prevention right? The prevention from getting to a place where I'm feeling anxious, where I'm feeling stressed, where I'm feeling in a corner, mm -hmm. right? And that's where my focus is. But the reason I bring up creative stress reduction here is because it's got to be the first step because when we are in a triggered state, when we're in fight, flight, or freeze mode, when we're stressed, we can only see so much of the picture. And so we tend, that's usually when we tend to make some poor decisions that have negative com consequences in our lives. So we want to make sure we get out of it as a first step so that then we can look at the stressor and pull it out from the root. Objectively. Objectively. Mm -hmm. mm. So in, in, a, in a, let's say, uncontrolled situation, somebody gets stressed, instead of dealing with it, maybe they drink too much or I'm talking more like an adult, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And then now they've got that issue. 
mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of almost secondary to their root cause. Exactly. Right, right. right. But but at the, in the moment, maybe it distracts them from what they had, but it's it's a negative, uh, uncreative <laughs> stress uh, sort of adaptation. Yeah. And, you know, I have a free download. I can make sure you get the link for it. Because yeah, yeah. Let's let's get into that stuff a little bit. Go ahead. Yeah. Because so what this free download has is it has, you know, not only does it have, you know, this is creative stress reduction and what it could be, it takes you through my four step system. So you can Mm -hmm. figure out, you know, what could uniquely work for you. It doesn't have to be like, oh my goodness, it's everything possible. You know, you can narrow it down. And not only that, there's some four key questions that you would ask once you create your bigger list to narrow it down to items that are healthy and items that are accessible to you right now. Let me ask you one last question. I want to, I want you to uh, tell everybody how to get a hold of you and, and how they can access uh, some of these really, I think could be, almost, I don't want to overstate it, but maybe even life-saving or life-altering sort of tools, right? Um, so everything you're talking about, is it, I really don't want to use the word easier, a 14, 12, 15-year-old versus let's say a, a 35-year-old adult, is it easier for one to do, do this work or is it harder? Does it matter? I, you know, usually say, well, by the time you're 35 or 50, you got so much baggage, you got to unwrap to get to the thing. So sometimes it's easier working with a younger person because they haven't, they just haven't had time to accumulate it. But, um, but it, do you find it, it makes a difference or is it just dealing with stress is dealing with stress? I think that there is uh, certainly a, in many ways there can be a, a for someone who's been through trauma, who's an adult that's gone through thing after thing after thing, you're talking about that baggage, the yeah. relief, the result can be much more powerful. Because they got again, so much more know, to let go, right? Think about, you know, my situation as a 12-year-old girl struggling mm-hmm. for 10 years. I was pretty darn young, but that relief was exponential too. And again, I think it just depends on the the individual. Would, and I've done you, a lot of sorry, I've done uh-huh. a lot of um, trainings for college age students. And I can tell you that the, the struggles that I'm seeing in college age students, you know, in terms of stress, it may be a different stressor, but in terms of stress versus, you know, a corporate professional, maybe they're actually very parallel. They really are. Mm. Well, our neurology is not that much different individual to individual, right? I mean, we're, the socialization is different, but the, you know, the actual physical neurophysiology isn't that much different. Um, Wow. Well, we listen, Steve Green, Make the Grade podcast here. Carly Myers, really, uh, you know, we're, we're really digging pretty deep here into some heavy duty stuff. But my goal is to give people tools to help themselves, students, adults. Uh, it might take some work, just like anything else. But the, the results, the, the benefits far, far outweigh the effort you have to make to get there. Uh, Carly, how can people get a hold of you or how could they access Uh, some of these uh, uh, gifts, let's use that word, gifts you could provide for them. Absolutely. So one of the first things that I want to offer is the opportunity to apply for a stress assessment. So if you feel like you could use some support, that's a really great place to start. And we'll put that in the show notes, which people can read, but go ahead. You can say what it is too. Is that a website or something they would go to? Mm -hmm. So that would be stresslessco.com slash apply. 
Okay. That's probably the most important link that you will receive today. Stresslessco.com slash apply. Got it. Mm-hmm. I might and be typing it out in a minute here myself. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It's stressful doing these interviews. <laughs> go yeah. ahead. Keep going. Keep and, going. In regards to the free gift, the link is a little complicated, so we'll just make sure that it's in. Okay. The well, we'll have everything there. So look, look down or look up from wherever you are right now on the podcast, folks. Um. Do you have anything coming up, like an event or a workshop or, or a book? Do you have anything you want to talk about that you're doing? Sure. Yeah. So November 12th okay. at 12 p.m. Eastern, I actually have a tea tasting event with the wonderful Louise Caruth from nice. Little Candle Tea Company. And it's all about tea and mindfulness. So that could be a really fun little way to start maybe a creative stress reduction Um activity that you might like making tea the best eight minutes of your day so that's coming up on november 12th so it's like um, tea tea making is like almost like a zen exercise absolutely yeah so i was in japan i went to a tea ceremony it is uh very boy i don't even know what word to use uh traditional is not even the right word it's it's very like even like it's just very calm and yeah yeah and i'm not even a big tea drinker i like mint tea i don't like caffeine teas but it does that's not even the point it was it was real, it almost had nothing to do with the actual drinking of the tea and everything to do with the ceremony and the tradition and the um kind of connection to the past like people have been doing this since like whatever 48 million bc yeah. and it, it was a connection to that and sitting a certain way and, 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 you know, whatever. Interesting. Wow. Anything yeah. else? No, I think that's a great place to start. If you want to start exploring something new, a little creative stress reduction could be something you could each and every one of us could implement into our morning routine. And, and by the way, for the record, I don't drink caffeine either. So it's all herbal. All <laughs> there we go. Yes. We got two no caffeine people here. My wife doesn't either. Just FYI. So a lot of S here, the free stress assessment. Mm-hmm. From the Stress Less Company. I like it. <laughs> Seven steps to get you where you are. So look, uh, Carly, thanks again. Uh, is there anything, I'm going to give you the last word here, at least before I wrap up. Anything you just haven't talked about you want to share? Anything you just want to kind of leave as a you know, really singular message to our listeners today? Absolutely. Um, if you feel like you've tried it all, trust me, you haven't. And there is absolutely hope to get to the place that you want to be. So if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling overwhelmed, know that there is a solution for you. It's just a matter of us finding it for you. Listen, I got I'm going to break my own promise because I said I wasn't going to talk anymore, but it, I think let's be candid. This is really a mental health issue on some level, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe not clinically, but, and there's stigmas about that. People are, reluctant to talk about it or, or there's a, a cultural you know kind of you have to be strong and you know hide your emotions kind of thing um can, can you dispel that or, or would you like to dispel that and maybe sort of give people permission to give themselves permission to to make this connection it's an extremely leading question <laughs> i get that but but you know I'm try, I'm, and if it's not the right thing fine but you know i think sometimes that gets in the way right people might know they have a challenge they might know that something like this would be beneficial, but there's something getting in the way, which isn't the stress, if they don't want anybody else to know about it, right? Mm-hmm. Or even maybe not even like their family, you know, or, yeah. or their, their spouse or somebody very, very close to them. So th- there's a, a fear 
uh, uh, that they're feeling weak or people perceive them a certain way. So just say something about that from, from your standpoint. You know, so my standpoint is really that the people in your life that you're trying to hide it from probably already know. Mm. And they're seeing it in the symptoms of how stress is showing up. The inability to focus, lack of productivity, snapping at loved ones when they didn't do much of anything to deserve that snap, right? Irritability, right. Not getting, not depending on, you know, how extreme not being able to get out of bed. They're seeing it and they're experiencing the ripple effects, likely negative from it. Mm. And so when we think about the fear of them finding out, I've had many of conversations with, with husbands that have to talk to wives or wives that have to talk to husbands or kids that have to talk to parents or parents that have to talk to, you know, the whole nine yards. Mm -hmm. And when they actually sit down to have that conversation that they're so terrified of, they realize that that family member just wants the best for them. And it's probably, I, I got to think on some level of relief yeah. now, now that it's uh, out, <laughs> You know, that word, but uh, you know, it, it, now it's like, okay, we can talk about it. It, it gives yeah. you a freedom to get the, the right help. And here, look, even if you have a family member who, you know, is, would just like, be like, I don't care about they, you know, they don't care about your well being. They will mm -hmm. care about how you show up in their lives, mm -hmm. right? They will care how you treat them. And so they're going to care about how they want you to get better so that they don't have to deal with your crap. Right. <laughs> and so wow. even if you have a family member mm -hmm. that you're like, well, my person, my family member's not loving you can still look at what it's really costing the relationship and how it's really impacting that person to shift that again, shift that narrative for you. Wow. So much, you know, I, I could probably talk with you for another hour because there's so many questions I, we could ask, but I want to wrap this up. I'm going to ask you if you're willing to come back, maybe we'll do this again. I also want to certainly bring you on to the live education Thursday live um, event, education live Thursday event. So, uh, you know, this is awesome. Carly Myers, thank you so much. The Stress Less Company, stresslessco.com. Take advantage of this. She is an awesome resource. Uh, I think that's obvious after this conversation today. Steve Green here, the Make the Grade podcast. We are all about giving you actions to help you maximize your education. We uh, are in a series right now of trying to provide uh, guests like this, people that can help you. It's academic, but beyond academics. This is life skills stuff. So, Carly, once again, thank you so much. Appreciate you taking the time to come here. We will probably bring you back again, at least I would like to, and continue the conversation. Thanks again. See you next time.